Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. One of my favorite stories, a favorite part probably about the Christmas story, uh, the, the gospel narrative of, of baby Jesus, if you will, is in Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read from this this morning as we continue and finish up our series today on talking about peace. It says, And there were shepherds living, verse 8, And there were shepherds living on the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. I love those little lines like that. We kind of, uh, angel, boom, forget, but it says the glory of the Lord was there. So there's an angel, and the angel is representing heaven, and he's got the glory on him, which we, we talked about that when we did our Fascinate series. The, 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 the glory is basically a tangibility of God's presence, okay? So the glory means that, yeah, God's always here. God's omnipresent. He's always with us. But when, when it says the word, the glory of the Lord was there, what it means is like it was tangible. It had weight to it, right? Either it was visible or you could feel it or you could smell it or something. That there, was, there was a tangibility of the Lord's presence. So the angel shows up and the Lord's there. Now, I've had experiences where I've woke up in the middle of the night and the Lord was there. Was the Lord always there when I didn't feel it? Yes, absolutely. But sometimes God puts his weight on it. So when it talks about the glory of the Lord, you've got to think, okay, God is saying, I'm here. I want you to know it, right? I want you to experience it some way, right? It goes beyond, oh, I know the Lord's here. I got the Bible verse, right? So he's saying, here it is. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Whoa, wait a second. I thought when the glory of the Lord show up, we were supposed to get, like, excited or we were supposed to be peaceful. No, 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 they got scared. They probably thought they were about to die. This was kind of what people believed. And, uh, and you've got to realize that they were living under the Old Covenant. And their thought was, how can anyone see the Lord and live? And under the New Covenant, we're like, no one can live unless they see the Lord. Right? And so that they were under this revelation. They were under this mindset. And so he said, don't be afraid. I'll bring you good news. Oh, my God. We thought we were going to die. No, no, no. I'll bring you good news and great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. We'll find a baby wrapped in clothes, laying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company. I love this. So there's an angel there, right? When we do the Christmas story, there's an angel when he comes and says that. But it says this, suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. So it went from being like, whoa, I'm scared, to whoa, uh, okay, everything's okay. And then boom, suddenly, right? So they're, they're freaking out. I mean, imagine you're the shepherd. You're not expecting anything. You're just out watching sheep at night, making sure no wolf comes, and an angel shows up, freaks you out. You think you're going to die, and he says, whoa, relax. I'm not here to kill you. I actually got great news. And then all of a sudden, boom, this, the heavens open up, and he sees what, what is described as a heavenly host. Now, anytime you see the word host, heavenly host in Scripture, it's not talking about little, you know, Valentine's Day angels floating around, you know, little Christmas babies flying around with, with wings and, you know, little pixie dust. And it's, no, no, no. Heavenly host actually is warring angels. 
So we have two different kinds of angels here. We have a herald, which is like a messenger angel, which shows up to say, whoa, relax. I'm not here to take you to heaven. I'm here to just let you know I've got a message from the Lord for you. I'm an angel. I'm here to do this. That's, that's typically why angels would show up in Scripture. But these angels showed up. They're the warring angels. So this is a heavenly host. So they're out here, and they're like, whoa, an angel. We're going to die. No, 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 no. It's all good. Boom. Suddenly... A heavenly host appears. So it's like the veil of heaven gets peeled back. In Revelation chapter 5, John says it this way, I look and behold, uh, there were thousands and millions of angels. So I believe at this moment, he was, the, 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 the shepherds, not he, but they were there. And all of a sudden they have this angel. They're like, oh yeah, it's good. It's good news. And then boom, a whole army, a multitude of uncountable angels are before them. Warring angels, so they're not just, hey, we're here to, to bless you and make you have Okay, they're like, they've got like swords, and they got like fire in their eyes, and they're like passionate, and they're ready to go to war, right? Warring angels, the heavenly host, possibly millions of them. Now, this is quite a scene for a couple of shepherds that, you know, are living on minimum wage. Let's just be straight. And so they're, you know, they're coming, and they're saying this, and they're, they're singing, and so all these strong angels start singing glory to God in the highest. Now, it says that they were saying, but we know in Revelation that, that, they're, that there's, they're around the throne worshiping God with singing. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to, to men on whom his favor rests. So, Pete, when you have the favor of God, you automatically have the peace of God. Right? And so when the angels had left and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go check out what they were talking about because what they were saying was important. And see the things that have happened which the Lord has told us about. So they're coming to bring, we, we have the two messengers, and then one of them is bringing very much the, 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 the message, right? The message of, hey, chill out, it's okay. And then boom, he sees this crazy, it's not a vision, he's actually, actually seeing this, right? Could you imagine, Right? I, I could think, what, what kind of job would that be today? Probably be like a cart pusher at Walmart. Seriously, you've got to understand that shepherds were crucial to society. Society had to have them, but it was not a, high, a high-end job. You, didn't, you, didn't, you, you weren't 12 years old at school uh, and them go, what do you want to do with your life? I want to be a shepherd. I mean, these guys were, were on the bottom of the totem pole. I mean, they were working the night shift even. They weren't even working at Walmart. They were working the night shift at Walmart. They were the stalkers, <laughs> right? And so they were working the night shift, and they see this. And then they see these army angels. So, so they hear the message, and then they kind of see the method of the worship. And we, we see all this kind of happen. And the message that they're declaring, these shepherds know about. Because for the first time in human history, the, the most important moment in human history was happening right before their eyes. All for the millennials, prophecies of this moment was happening. Hey, the Savior's coming. The Messiah's coming. He's going to be born in such a way. All this stuff. So they're out here and they're thinking, this is what we've been talking about. My whole life, my whole life we've been dreaming of this moment and it's here and it's not with somebody else. It's with me. I mean, the epicenter of, of history and you're in on it. And you're just pushing carts at Walmart. Big deal. And they knew what Isaiah said. And this was, this was the prophecy of Isaiah. For unto us a child is born. 
Unto us a son, a, give, a, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. There will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, in order to establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, forever and ever, the Lord of hosts will perform of this. So the Lord of heaven's armies... We'll perform this. So now that Jesus, we know, we know that Jesus lived his life. Baby Jesus grew up to be Savior Jesus. How many know he's not, a, not an eight-pound baby anymore laying in that, you know, Misty Edwards says it. I always get it wrong, but it's, she, she sings it like this. She, he's not a baby in a manger anymore. He's not a broken man on a cross. He didn't stay in the grave. And he's not staying in heaven forever. So he is a king that is ruling and reigning. He is coming back. He is coming to establish his physical kingdom on the earth. You can hear a little bit more about that uh, last week from the podcast. Um, But this thing that he talks about is peace. Peace between God and man. Peace between those whom God's favor rests. Those who God likes. That's really what it means. They're my favorite. They're my favorite. That's me. That's, you know who God's favorite are? You know who, who, who those who, who God favors? Those who say, okay, God, I'm with you. Right? Bef- before you say that, God doesn't have favor on you. You're an enemy of God. But the message is for all. That's why I said it, the message is for all men. The message of peace is for all people. But if you respond, you say, yes, God, I want in on it. He says, you're my favorite. You're his favorite. And so you can, you know. Be confident that God's favor rests upon you. Um, when we talk about peace, I think all of us have this idea, if, if we haven't been tainted too much by the world about what peace is, is uh, we can understand that, man, God has peace for my life. It's God's will that I live in peace. But many times the tensions of life disrupt this thing we call peace, right? Peace is when nothing bad is happening. That's kind of the way that we look at peace. Um, peace is, is when everything's going my way, when everything's right on time, everything's on schedule, I'm not discouraged, nobody's disappointing me today. I'm at peace, right? Everything's okay. Let's just leave it alone. Let's just be, let's just not make any changes. Let's just kind of steady go along. That's kind of what we think. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit um, OCD. And I always say it this way, I'm, obsess- I'm obsessive compulsive, but it's everybody else that has the disorder, Right. So I'm not OCD. I'm just OC. Everybody else just can't get it right. So I'm a little bit like I have to have my schedule. I mean, I really am like this. You can ask Leslie, like I really like for things to go as expected. Like I'm very well planned, meticulous about it. I want to know how things want to go. And and so I'm very hands on, a little bit too controlling. Come on, are you with me? Because I think if I can just do it the way that Josh Brown wants it, then I can be at peace. And so because I'm like that and because that's my tendency as a man, um, sometimes I get anxious. Sometimes I get overwhelmed when things aren't going or when I have too many things to manage. Something else comes at me. Well, that has to be perfect, too. I don't know about you, but I feel like that everything in my life has to be done perfect in order. line. Right. Doesn't work very good. And so I deal with anxiety. Now, some of you need to step it up and just get it together and be a little bit more of a person of excellence. Some of us are, you know, a little bit too far on the other side. Some of y'all are over here. Some of us are over here. 
We're going, come on. And we're going, oh, man, just chill. Just take it. No, 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 no. And I think the Lord wants us to, to be a person of excellence and to be driven. And that's not saying that we shouldn't be more laid back. I should be more laid back. You should probably be a little bit more anal, right? And so we want to be like that. Right? Are you guys with me? That's not it. Is that it? No? We don't say that? Okay. I thought that was a, an okay thing to say. Uh, okay. My bad, baby. Sorry. Holy Spirit over here to my left. Good. For real, though, I don't say that sarcastically. You know, Holy Spirit is in you and he speaks to you. Yes, perfectionist. Okay. Sorry. All right. So uh, now let me let me tell you this. I'm not an expert on peace and I, and I struggle with it sometimes in my life, especially the day to day. Right, the meticulous, the, the, the scheduling, the, all the things that I've talked about. Um, one time we were, this was years ago, this is, this is before we were married. I was at Sam's, and we were about to go on a youth trip. We were taking our students on a trip. We we're going to be doing some ministry. And I'm at Sam's, and I'm buying things, and I'm stressing out. I'm thinking about the day. I'm thinking about, you know, all the things that got to be going on. And one of my kids called me. He said, I'm not going to be able to go. So he had all this responsibility that wasn't going to work out. I'm like, what are we going to do now? And what's, you know, I'm freaking out. I'm in charge and I've got all this responsibility. So I'm in Sam's and I'm writing a check. They used to have these things called checks and, and, uh, you had to fill it out with a, with a thing called a pen. And you wrote on there with what's called handwriting. And I had, was writing on this check at this place called Sam. And, uh, and so I'm writing on this check the amount, and I'm really overwhelmed in this moment. I'm thinking about all this stuff going on, and I start freaking out, and my chest starts hurting. I think I'm dying, right? I'm like, I'm like those angels that, oh, here it comes. This is the end. It ends like this. I'm writing a check at Sam's. I'm, nobody I love is around me, and I'm dying. This is the end. And, I, and like I felt my, and I, and I'm, and I look up, and the lady. Or the man, I don't remember what it was. They're standing there, and they go, "Are you all right?" And I'm thinking, I need to have it all together, right? And so I'm stressing out even more, and I'm, like, having all this. And uh, so I'm, like, writing the check, and I'm, like, I think I just need to sit down. And so they take me over to this chair, and I sit down, and uh, they're, like, do you need anything? And I'm, like, please give me some aspirin, because I heard if you're having a heart attack, you're supposed to take aspirin. So (laughs) I thought I was having a heart attack. I didn't know what was going on. I just know my chest was hurting. I was freaking out. I was having all this, like, crazy. My world was crumbling out. I thought I was dying. And uh, so I sit there for a few minutes and get calmed down. They're like, anything we do? I was like, well, I don't think I need to drive. Can you just call and give me a ride? And, and so we called and got a ride. And the guy that picked me up was a pharmacist. He's not a doctor, but, you know, he, he's a little bit medical. So I'm asking him all these questions. What got to happen? I'm like, did I have a heart attack? Should I go to the doctor? He's like, no, you probably didn't have a heart attack. He asked me all these things. I said, no, no, that's what I did. What I, you know, these things didn't happen. These did, things did happen. He's like, oh, yeah, you probably just had like an anxiety attack. And I'm like, and then since that time, I've had several, not as intense, but I've had several of these times come on where I feel like that I have to have it all together or my world is going to come crashing down. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but it's scary. And all that is, it's an, is an anxiety. And what it is, is it's me not resting in the peace of God over my life. And that's what happens is so many times I get frustrated. And, and so, so when I come to you today, when, I, when I'm preaching with you today, understand that I, I, that I have a reference for this in the sense that I need it, but also I'm with you. We're, we're doing this together. Come on. And so I, I'm not your coach today. I'm your teammate. Are you with me? And I'm just cheering you on. And uh, maybe I'm your quarterback and I'm going to throw some passes and you're going to catch it uh, with me this morning. Um, you know, and, and, and the thing is, is it's justifiable. If you're like me like that, it's justifiable. You say, well, these are things that I have to take care of. I mean, who, who else is going to do it? 
Who else? It's my right to worry. No, it's not. And so I get very right attached to it, and I get, i got to take care of this, right? Or I'm going to look bad at the end of the day. So really what it does is it comes back down to Josh Brown, and it causes a problem. So I want to give you today some things that I'm learning, okay? Again, I'm not an expert on peace. I'm a student. I'm learning. Uh, I get overwhelmed. I, I, I deal with anxiety sometimes, but I'm getting better. And so I want to give you some practical peace pointers, right? Some PPP. That's a new disorder for you today. Get rid of your OCD and get some PPP. And when I say PPP, you don't mean you go into the bathroom. All right. So number one, gosh, that was terrible. Okay. Get your practical peace pointers. Number one, don't be consumed with the why. Don't be consumed with the why. You guys know what I'm saying? With the why. Why did this happen? Why is it going this way? Most people, their only prayer life is this. God, why? You don't have a prayer life. You have an accusation life. You want to blame God for all those struggles in your life. Um, so don't be consumed with the why. Listen, it, in the tension of life, understand that information... I'm sorry, I got the words wrong. That revelation is greater than information. Revelation is greater than information. Everybody say that. Revelation is greater than information. Really, if I know why I got here, it doesn't really help me here. Now, it might help me in the future. It might give me some wisdom. But understand that when I'm here, I need to stop asking why. Why am I here? Why am I here? And say, Lord, who are you? So in your difficulty, don't ask why are you here. Say, God, who are you? I need a revelation of your peace. The Prince of Peace, I need to know you. I'm not worried about why, I'm worried about who. Not why I'm here, but who is here with me. Uh, sometimes in seeking information, we're seeking a blame. And I, I don't know about you, but, but I'm like this. We're seeking a blame. Once we have blame, we can harbor a sense of bitterness and resentment. Therefore, we don't find peace in the information, but we do find frustration. Do I need to read that again? Sometimes in seeking information, we are seeking blame. Once we have blame, we can harbor a sense of bitterness and resentment. Therefore, we do not find peace in the information, but we do find frustration. Check this out. Romans chapter 16, verse 19 says, I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. I want you to be naive. It's better for you to be naive of evil. <laughs> be a good word for well, I don't want to be stupid. Well, you're not stupid. You're just ignorant of it. It's better for you to be ignorant of the evil. Wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. And then it says this, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. See, Satan has a, has a place in your life. It's under your feet. It's not, it's not in your head to control you or dictate. It's not by your side. You used to always say the devil's not on your back. He's not on your side. And I believe that. If, if you're not facing difficulties, if the devil's not attacking you, if, if he's not out, if you're, if you're not on his list, then there's probably some issues with you. You're probably not dreaming enough. You're probably not doing enough for God. You're not probably not fulfilling your destiny because the devil doesn't really care what you're doing. Your plans are little to him. Come on, are you with me? So he will be on the tack. But listen, his only position in your life, when he's all over you, when he's attacking you, his only rightful position is under your feet. 
the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your pe- under your feet. So listen, uh, the level, the devil, the level, the devil wants to level your peace. He, he, he wants to take away your peace. He wants to destroy you. He wants to give you sleepless nights. But listen, you've got to understand that the God of peace, when you have the peace of God ruling and reigning in your life, he will crush that loser. He's crushing him. You ju- he just doesn't have any authority in your life. You, you, don't you ever, child of God, say the devil died. Nah. The devil's only place in your life is under your freaking foot. It's the only place. So when he comes against you, say, Jesus took care of it. Cockroach devil. He is not, listen, you see these, I, I see these, uh, you know, things with Jesus and the devil and they're like arm wrestling. I'm like, that is so stupid. First of all, the devil's already defeated. He's already a defeated foe. So he, what is he, he's, he's looking for weak people to attack is really what he's doing. And uh, looking for people to, to destroy their destiny and take away their peace and give them sleepless nights and all this kind of stuff. Listen, First of all, he is no opposition to Jesus at all. Jesus has already dealt with this loser. And so then that's exactly what he is. He's a loser. The devil's a loser. And he's already lost. And he's continuing to lose as God has victory in your life. You're actually punishing the devil. You're kind of like pushing. It's like you step on a snake and then it's like you push on it. And it's like every victory in your life, you're squashing him even more. Some of you are letting your foot up and letting him bite you. And torment you, but he doesn't have that right in your life. He is even, listen, you are more powerful than the devil because the Holy Spirit is in you. You've got to understand this. On your own, you're not. You're, you're, you're defeated. I mean, you don't stand a chance, but because the Holy Spirit abides in you. That's why he's attacking you, but you are stronger. So allow the God of peace to crush that loser. Number, so... Don't be consumed with the why. And that's what the why is. The devil will always, listen, anytime the devil asks a question, it's always to accuse. Because he's the accuser. When God asks questions, he's always inviting. When the enemy asks questions, he's always accusing. It's just the way it is. So when you have a question in your mind, and it's going, if God was good, that's the devil. If God, that's the devil. If it's like, hey, you want to get a little closer, that's the Lord. Right? It's always an invitation. We've talked about that before. Huh? So don't be consumed with the why, 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 why. No, no, no. Don't worry about why. And this is what it says, the key to that, to be wise about what is good. So don't ask, Lord, I want the information. Don't, don't worry about it. Just, it, it's, well, I don't want to be stupid. I don't want to be ignorant. You know what I found whenever, sometimes when I find out the why, I get embarrassed by the why. I'm like, Phew. it is me no good. Well, I won't ever let that happen again. So what happens? We we want to be bitter towards people. We would rather be wise and bitter than get hurt again. And that's a problem. You need to be willing to get hurt again. But if you keep your heart tender before the Lord, he'll be your healer. Are you guys with me today? We're talking about relationships and we're talking about vulnerability right now. Right? We say, well, I'll never trust that person again. They did me wrong. Well, you got great information. But what about Jesus, who is the forgiver? What about be like Jesus? What about love your enemies even? Well, if that happened, we're going to be wise. You go ahead and you go ahead and just be wise all day long. I'd rather be tender. I'd just rather be tender. 
and let, let the God of peace crush Satan under my feet versus me getting frustration in, in the sense of, of get, getting all the details. The devil's in the details, true. So look for the devil, you'll find him. Okay, number two, give, give life space. I know this is real practical. It's supposed to be. Uh, give life space. And by that I mean stay flexible for the unplanned. Okay, this is something I've got to do. Listen, peace is not found in management or containment. There will be disappointments. So don't be, in, don't be so invested in ideal situations. Don't be so invested in ideal in your mind. Well, wouldn't it be just, it'd just be so great if I had this and that, and that? Don't be so invested in those ideas. Right? Because what happens is we're, we get so invested in that ideas that it didn't follow through, and then we have hope, and we get disappointed, makes the heart sick. Right? Listen, what happens is whenever we give life space, we say, okay, this is my plan. We trust the Lord. We really feel like this is what God's putting around. This is where we're at right now with some things. We give life space. We stay flexible for the unplanned. What happens is when a curveball comes, it helps us to hit the curveballs. Because what the world tells you this is when the curveballs come, you just, you just don't swing. Because it's going to go out of the strike zone. No, 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 no. Not you. There's no wasted balls in your life. Every ball you can hit. But you've got to understand that every ball isn't going to be a home run. Sometimes it's just a base hit. And you can win the game with base hits. So swing at everything. Come on. Swing at everything. So everything's not going to be in your sweet spot, right? You have these batters that play baseball, and, you know, here comes, I mean, it's right there. That's their sweet spot. They want the ball there every time. They can hit a home run there every single time. What happens when the ball curves? What happens when it comes in a way that they didn't expect? Strike! Right? But if you know that that's coming, and you know you just need to make contact, then live there. So what do you got to do? You got to be flexible. Give life space. Stay flexible. For the, uh, stay flexible for the unplanned. Okay, so these are just practical. Give a little space. In five years, I'm going to be... Okay, great. Do you need to have a plan? Yes. But if you're so caught up in that plan and don't, things don't go through, man, I'm, I'm dealing with something right now. <laughs> I was like, I'm so planned. I'm, this is going to happen. And I, I think that's good and we need to be planned and all that kind of stuff. But what happens when that doesn't fall through? You're just going to. Okay. I'm not going to be here in five years. Five year plan, great. But how are you going to be when that ideal situation doesn't work? Because so many times we trust our plan and not the Lord's. That's what, uh, okay, so Proverbs 16, 9, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps, right? So you make your plans. Making plans are good. You make your plans. You decide, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're doing it for the kingdom. We're doing it for God. But God's determin- determining my steps. But God's the one at the end of the day that says, yeah, that was the right move. So give life space. Number three, dwell on God's goodness. And we just got through with a series called Grateful uh, we need to live with a mindset of gratefulness. God, I'm so grateful. God, I'm so thankful. God, I'm so blessed. Listen, if these are not things that you're saying, then all you're going to do is harbor frustration in your life. Well, if this was better, if this would happen, scenario, 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 
Your life is built upon the perfect scenario in your mind. But what we need to do is we need to dwell on the goodness. God, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'm so thankful, Lord, that I'm saved. I'm so thankful that my steps are ordained. I'm, th- I'm so thankful for the cross. I'm so, Lord, I know I got the report from the doctor, but I'm so thankful that Jesus bore my healing. God, I'm so thankful that you're a good provider. I know the be- I'm not going to get on Facebook and ask somebody to make me feel better by saying something negative. <sighs> Listen. If you live by the encouragement of other people, you'll also die by it. What are you going to do when, you, when the people aren't there to encourage you and they need your encouragement? What are you going to do? You need to find your encouragement in the Lord. You need to be around people that will encourage you. Yes, but you don't live and die by that. No, no, no. In fact, you live more to give it than to receive that. Some of y'all haven't got that yet, and that's the reason why you always lack encouragement. Because you're like, if I just had some people in my... If you would just be encouraging, then encouraging people would want to be around you. It's just the way it is. So dwell on God's goodness. Romans chapter 8, 5, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about the sinful things. I've got to stop sinning. I've got to stop sinning. I've got to stop sinning. What's going to happen? You're going to sin. Right? I've got to stop doubting. I've got to stop it. What's going to happen? You're going to doubt. Got to stop being anxious. Got to stop it. What's going to happen? That's sinful nature. That's sinful nature. That's your carnal nature. Right? Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. So letting your so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. It's going to kill you to sit around and think about doubt, sin, frustration, tension, anxiety, all these things. Just think about, oh, if I could just, if I could just, you know, I wouldn't have this. Think about spiritual things. Think about I'm a child of God. Think about God loves me. That's enough. If Jesus, listen, if Jesus never did anything for you again, it's enough. If, is that enough for you? Is it enough what Jesus did? Is it enough? If God never does anything else in your life, is that enough what he did? Do you believe that? Well, then you don't have any reason to complain. We really don't. Okay, Isaiah 26.3. We, we mentioned this last week. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So in everything, gratefulness, dwelling on his goodness, dwelling on his goodness. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, that I'm the head and not the tail. I thank you, God, that you have wonderful plans for me. I thank you, God, that that you desire good things for me. I thank you, Lord, that you are a father that is not distant, that you're close. And Lord, I just want to take a moment to get close to you today. What are you doing? You're being grateful. You're you're stirring the goodness of God in your life. And you do that, you can't be frustrated. Just remind yourself. Okay, um, I want to talk, just kind of summarizing, not summarizing, but kind of closing out today with these three points. Um, I got some stuff I felt like it was really practical. Um, peace made possible. Peace made possible. How How is peace made possible in our life? How How is peace provided for? How is peace provided for? Uh, Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since the members of one body you were called to peace so it's your calling to live in peace it's your destiny god has that means god has it for you it's not it's not a, a matter of you attaining it it's a matter of you walking in it and this is what it says listen let the peace of Christ rule in your heart so it's something that we let happen you can't force peace that's why that's why a, a country can't go into 
another country with guns and militant advancement and bring peace to a, a country that way. That's not how peace happens. Right? I mean, that's what Hitler did. They didn't bring peace. Right? So peace is something that happens. It's organic, if you will. Let the peace of God. It's our destiny. Let me just say this about peace. Peace will give us power over any troubling situation. So no matter how troubling the information is, no matter how troubling the situation is, peace gives you power over that situation where it cannot control you. It doesn't control your emotions. It might for a minute, but it doesn't control you. It might, might, might plague your mind for a moment, but boom, you bring it under the obedience of Christ. Right? There will be things every single day to disrupt your peace. Some of it's the devil. Some of it's you. You need to lay that down. So we let peace rule. Everybody say, I let it rule. You let peace rule. You don't have to force it. You can't force peace. We're seeing this in our world today. You can't force peace. We yield to it. Number one, peace is paid for. This is how it's possible. Number one, peace is paid for. Peace is paid for. Peace has a price. Right? We talk about, you know, peace on the earth, you know, with governments, things like that. Listen, peace has a price. We understand that. There's a price to peace. But Jesus takes peace personal. I mean, that's why he came, right? That's why these angels showed up to say this. He's coming. He's coming to bring peace. I mean, you, you have like the hat, like, I mean, it's a big deal. Thousands of years, I'm saying, it's coming, it's coming. And then they show up, it's here. Peace is here. That's my intense angel voice. Jesus takes it personal. He takes peace personal. He took it so personal that he paid the price for it. Jesus paid the price for it. Ministry of Reconciliation. Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. We're the ones that caused the disruption. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? That we are, human beings are the ones that cause the frustration, but we can't fix it. There was peace. It was called the Garden of Eden. But what happened? We disobeyed God. As a, as a race of people, but you also disobeyed God in your life. Sin causes tension. But guess what? He was pierced for our transgressions. So there's a price to be paid for sin. Jesus paid it. So he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace. The punishment that brought you and I peace was upon him. It wasn't my due to pay. He paid it. It was my due to pay, but he paid it. So now I don't have to pay for it. You don't have to pay for peace. Thank God. What a relief. You don't have to pay for peace. Jesus paid for it. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. It was upon him. And let me just say this for those of you that that think, well, you don't know what I've done, Pastor Josh. You don't know my past. You don't know my history. I mean, I was even like serving the Lord and I've done some stupid things. You don't understand. Can I tell you that he was punished for your past? That he was punished for your mistakes? That he was punished for your lack? He was punished for your disability. 
And funny, we, we kind of, it happened to me, right? OCD, it's a, it's a thing that happened to me. It's the way I am. Good. Jesus came to crucify the way I am. It's the gospel. The gospel is not come to Jesus and give you a wonderful life. Let's go f- follow the yellow brick road. Mm-mm. It's this. Will I be your king? Will you lay down your life? I've got everything you need. Realize it or not, I've got everything you need. So just leave control to me and trust me. So you don't have, listen, you don't have to be punished for all. He takes it all. He takes it all. And some of you are like, well, I've got. Oh, so, so. Yeah, well, if you're going to have a prideful attitude about life, then guess what? You get to carry that to the courtroom of God. And you get to stand before God with every little intention of your heart. Every negative thought you've had. If you want to be prideful and you're a good person, then you can stand before God on your righteousness because he's going to compare you to Jesus. And he's going to go, okay, which righteousness are you? Ooh, (laughs) you're like a filthy rag compared to Jesus. You and I both. But Jesus said, guess what? I will clean you if you'll just come to me. So the thing that brought destruction and frustration, the sin, Jesus took care of it. That's the gospel. So come and dine and come and die. Well, I thought it was paid for. It is. You just surrender to that price. Okay. Number two. Peace is promised. Because it's paid for, it's promised. See, when, when difficulty comes, when tension comes, you just remind yourself. You remind your surroundings. The peace is promised because it was paid for, because it was purchased. It had a high price. Because peace was purchased, you have access to it. You let it rule. You have access. It's like you have, you have like unlimited, uh, unlimited amount of credits in the peace department. It doesn't run out. It's unlimited. God is unlimited in his resources. Right? Unlimited. Oh, I'm getting frustrated. Well, you just let the peace rule. Uh, I just need to die to that frustration. No, it don't work that way. I'm going to get this figured out again. Go ahead. At the end of the day, you're going to be frustrated. Trust me, I know. I do this a lot. Some of y'all are like, yeah, we know. It's totally the way you are. Okay. Listen, let me say this. Peace is promised, but peace is not the absence of difficulty. So don't assume that peace means, again, the roses and, you know, Yellow Brick Road. Or, I don't even know why I thought that's probably a terrible thing, but, you know, whatever. Pie in the sky, what do you want to call it? You know, uh, unicorns and rainbows and I've got Jesus. No, <laughs> listen, peace is not the absence of difficulty. In fact, Scripture is full uh, of warnings about hardship, persecution, trial. But can I tell you today, the promise is still peace. Jesus says this. John 16 is a warning. He says, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Many reasons to get offended. Right? It's going to get hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be more than you can bear. But take heart. I've overcome the world. John fourteen twenty seven. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. 
I don't give the kind of world that the peace gives. I don't give the kind of peace that the world gives or the kind of world that the peace gives. Yeah, either way, whatever works in your brain. <laughs> right? He don't give that kind of peace. He don't give that kind of peace. He gives reconciliation with God. He gives open heaven, open access to the unlimited resource that is our good and kind Heavenly Father. That's what he gives us. So he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be troubled. So how do you do that? You don't let your heart be troubled. What does that mean? That means that you have control of your heart. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be scared. Don't freak out. I've got you. Can I tell you today that the peace is already in you? Galatians 5.22 says the peace is a, is a fruit of the Spirit. Right? It's, peace is already in you. That's why you can let peace rule. Because as a child of God, it's already in you. As someone that is filled with the Spirit of God, it's already in you. So what are you letting out? The works of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit? See, fruit just flows. Fruit, fruit happens. You water the plant, you stay rooted fruit. Boom, trust. Boom, bong, peace. The striving, all it produces is the works of the flesh. That's why it's called the work of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. Fruit naturally happens for the believer. If you're a believer in Jesus and you don't have peace in your life, then you need to be more rooted in Jesus. You need to be more rooted in the gospel. You need to be more rooted in his presence. It's not about anything on the outside. Fruit comes from who you are. It's not about where you're working or who's in your life or who's not in your life or how big your paycheck is. Peace is an inside job. And so we let it rule. It's an inside job. When we have it, we can let it out. But if we don't have it, we can't let it out. If all we have is frustration, then that's how we're going to function. This is my battle I'm sharing today. So we're not a finding forward. It flows from us. So keep your hopes up. Listen, hope gives peace a leg to stand on. And we hope in what? Promise. So peace is promised to us. We already have it. It's already in us. Do you believe Help help my unbelief. Stop speaking of your situations. Stop talking about it. How bad it is, how negative it is, how much you wish it would be different. Stop talking about all that. Stop talking and let peace rule. Stop talking about all this and start talking about him. And start talking about what is inside of you. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. We're going to get into that right now. Number three. Peace is found in his presence. So it's a fruit of the spirit. How do you get fruit? By staying rooted. Fruit comes from those that are rooted. So when we're rooted in the presence of God, what comes out of us is things that look like God. Fruit. Right? Because we're connected. Our DNA is connected to the Father. 
That's, he's our heavenly father, right? We have his DNA inside of us. We were born again. We have heaven's DNA inside of us. Um, listen, peace is not found in the absence of trouble, but in the presence of Jesus. And we need to quit praying and speaking that our situation changes, but that he invades our situation. Listen, God might have you in a difficult, trying, frustrating situation so peace can be brought to it. It might be really hard where you're at, at work, at school, at wherever, at, with, at family Christmas. It might be really hard and you think, I just don't want to go there because I want to have peace this Christmas. And God's saying this, I want you to go up because I want peace there. So I want you there, someone to ambassador and shepherd the peace that is inside of them and bring the peace to the situation. Who else will do it? It's inside of you. Will you release it? Or will you just talk about the outside? Peace is found in his presence. So when we learn to, to get in these moments of worship, I, I thought of this during worship today, we're not singing songs. We don't come to worship and sing songs. We're singing to him. We're worshiping Jesus. We're adoring him. What happens is that transcends all the junk and all the frustration. We learn to live from that. Philippians 4. Such a good passage right here. Some of you need to memorize this and just... Put it on your mantle, put it on your fridge, put it on your lock screen on your phone, put it on your forehead, put it everywhere you can see it, write it down and put it, paste it everywhere. It says this, do not worry about anything. Don't be anxious, as one translation says, about anything. And I'm like, God, do you know who I am? And he's like, absolutely I do. You're an ambassador of peace. Oh, Okay. So let it rule. (laughs) Okay. But Lord, it's my response. Let it rule. So do not worry about anything. Instead, pray. So don't worry. This is how we work today in 2015. I worry. I post on Facebook, hoping that it will give me some encouragement or someone will flatter me. Or tell somebody so they can give me a word that is great. There's nothing wrong with talking to people. But they're not your source. You need the community. Absolutely. You need people in your life. But what does it say to do? Don't worry. Instead, pray. Pray is our go-to. When it gets frustrating, prayer is your go-to. What is prayer? Well, I don't really know how to pray. You get up there. You're paid to do it. You're the pastor. You use all these words. Pray is just being in God's presence. That's all it is. It's just like this. Hey, Benny, what's up, man? Hey, man. How you doing? How's your week? That's prayer. Except for it's not Benny, it's the Lord. It's a few minutes to start off your day. It's a few minutes to end your day. It's in your car. It's when other people are in their room and you're feeling frustration. You don't worry about anything. Instead, pray. Okay, pray. I'm getting frustrated. Father, I thank you that you are good. Tell God what you need. God, I need you. I need your peace. I need money. I need friends. I need a raise. I need resolve. And then it says this, and thank him for all that he's done. So God, I I need these things, but Lord, I thank you that 
You've already provided everything I need in Jesus. Then, and this is what happens when we do this with our worry and we take it to the Lord, this is what happens. Then you will experience God's peace. So then it's not just a concept in your mind. It's not just books written on a page. Then you will experience peace. Then peace shows up and it exceeds anything we can understand. And so you find yourself in a difficult situation and you're like, I do not know how this happened. What is going on in my life? This is so difficult. I don't even know. And then all of a sudden you're like, God, and then, oh. And then people are going, how did you get there? You go, well, I just asked the Lord and All my understanding is just washed away. All my knowledge about what is evil has gone and God's peace has crushed it. And here I am. I'm I'm just I'm just here and and I don't know why I'm so peaceful. I just know that God's good and that's all I can think about right now. Then the peace of God goes beyond any understanding. And then it says this about peace. Oh, I love this so much. His peace will guard. His peace will guard your heart. Right here is your heart. And your mind in Christ Jesus. People live life guarded. Because they want to have peace. You can only get this close to me. Because I've been hurt. I've been offended. I've been wounded. So I'm not going to let anybody in. So what happens? We just still don't have peace in our life. Why? Because we live guarded. You're never meant to live guarded. You were meant to live transparent in community with people, them knowing your deepest, darkest secrets and holding you accountable to them. And whenever they call you on it, you're glad that they did and not offended. And then you're free. Then you're free, not offended because you have real friends that'll be straight with you because God put them in your life because you're so subjective, Right? And so what happens is that we're not worried about us guarding my heart and me being like, oh, I've got to keep everything. And I just want to make, you know, I, I, I've been through some things and I know why those things happen. Do you see where that messes up your peace? I would rather you be ignorant. I would rather people call you stupid and you have a pure heart and you have a pure mind and you be naive. I would rather you be that and allow the peace of God to rule. Because it says that his peace will guard your heart. And his peace will guard your mind. Amen? Do you want that today?